Hi, everybody. I'm Bryn Griffiths, and welcome to Just Sold with Brent McIntosh, who joins us today. Another week, and here we go. Today's topic on episode number two is ready, set, buy. How do we want to jump in on this one today? Well, I, I think whether you're a brand new buyer or perhaps you haven't bought a house for a while, uh, these are good things to know on the steps on the, and the process of buying a house. Okay, so uh, when we talk about getting started, and uh, let's, let's, let's go back a step before we get to that. Let's talk about you guys and what you do. You've got a big team that works alongside you and everybody does a great job. A small team of elite agents is how I'd prefer to call it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, on our team, there is six of us licensed to sell, and we've got two unlicensed assistants that help us out. Uh, we've been selling real estate here in Edmonton since 1998. And uh, that's, of course, um, when I started in real estate after a brief career in radio, where you and I know each other from, Bryn. Yeah, we go too far back, but now too here far. we are again. It's just like another, it's, uh, you know, it's funny how things just change, like, but it doesn't change, right? It's like deja vu all over again. That's right. We're, uh, we're uh, back together again. It's like Lewis and Martin. Uh, for those of <laughs> you who have no clue what I'm talking about, that's what Google is for. Look up <laughs> Lewis and Martin. Okay, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's do a bit of a step-by-step synopsis. Of the process of 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 uh, of buying a home. Yes, perfect. So I've broken it down basically into ten easy steps, so to speak. And the first step being the initial meeting. We meet with our clients uh, either for coffee or even if it has to be uh, via Zoom or FaceTime or even the, the old-fashioned way on a telephone. And we talk about what the client is looking for. What is their objection as far as purchasing a house? What part of the city are they looking to purchase their property? How much are they looking to spend? What are the f- core features of the house that they must have on their short list? I will promise you there is no perfect house. No matter how hard you try to find it, there's always going to be something that you're probably going to have to sacrifice. Uh, but we will try to get as many of the things on your want list as we possibly can. After that initial meeting, before we even look at any properties, the next step will be to get pre-qualified by a mortgage specialist to make sure that the buyer can afford what they're looking to purchase. And secondly, to actually make their purchase a little smoother because these days, And it's not just COVID related, by the way. Uh, The banks have been taking longer and longer to get people qualified for mortgages over the years. I can tell you 20 years ago, uh, banks were sending back OKs on application within hours, and now it takes literally weeks. So the banks are a lot more cautious with who they're loaning money to. So you want to make sure you have a good mortgage specialist that's going to put together your package and make you look really good in front of the bank's eyes. We're also going to ask that mortgage specialist to give us a little letter um, showing that that buyer is pre-qualified. And I'll show you what we'll do with that letter here shortly. Uh, Of course, the fun part. Now let's go look at some properties. Now this is where 2020 is a little different than previous years because in past years, you might have gone out and looked at 12 or 15 homes 
Well, that's not the case anymore. We're going to do a lot of our homework online. And fortunately, there are some great websites out there to help us. And MLS itself will have up to 50 pictures of each property. So we're going to eliminate a lot of the homes that we know for sure that we're not going to purchase. We had a buyer come into town this year, and he was a past client that moved to Vancouver for a few years. When he came back, I explained to him, it's not going to be like last time. You don't get to see 15 or 20 homes. You're going to see three. And he was a little taken back. <laughs> three? Oh, my God. What am I? How am I going to buy a house after only seeing three? Well, Bryn, we actually ended up only, we saw four. He got to see a fourth. And we bought one of those homes because we did a lot of the legwork ahead of time before he got here. We eliminated the ones that he knew for sure he wasn't going to buy, whether it be because of size, because of location, because of price, whatever it might be. We decided to shortlist it down to three and inevitably bought one of the four properties that we saw. Once we go out there and kick down some doors and see some houses and find the perfect house, or as I said before, there is no such thing as an exact perfect house, but the house that the buyer wants to make an offer on, will sit down and make a formal offer. Now that's not just putting pen to paper and making an offer based on list price, because we want to make sure that the value of that home is worth what they're asking. So we will do a mini market evaluation of that home for our buyer so that they know that they're making a good investment. And as if you, if you recall from our first podcast, value is made up of three things. First and foremost, location. So the neighborhood or the lot that that house is sitting on. Secondly, square footage. How big is that property? And lastly, least importantly, will be the cosmetic features of the home. If it came down to a tie and the buyer was interested in purchasing one house number one or house number two and asked us to break the tie, we will always break the tie with location first, that age old saying, location, location, location. Well, it still holds true today. And if they both had really good locations, we would advise to buy the larger home because it's going to be worth more money in the end. So location and size are everything. Once we determine the value of the property, then we'd start writing up that formal offer to the seller. The offer would include terms. It would include the conditions. So subject to financing, subject to a home inspection, um, subject to the review of condo documents, if it's a condominium that we're purchasing. Uh, the offer should also include an initial deposit. So we tell our buyers, bring your checkbook and you'll be making a deposit on the property. That deposit is completely 100% refundable. If for whatever reason that the buyer does not get financing or does a home inspection and finds out there's something horribly wrong with the property and that it's got foundation problems or water problems and the buyer would not like to proceed, they would get that initial deposit back. When we present that offer to the seller, the seller has three choices. It's nice and simple. They can choose to accept the offer. They can decline the offer where the buyer will get to make another offer, or they can make a counter offer to the buyer. When it comes back to the buyer, they now have those same three choices if they've gotten, if they've received a counter offer. They can accept, they can decline, they can counter offer. We're in what's known as a buyer's market right. here in Edmonton, and you've probably heard that term. And so what that typically means is that uh, the buyers have a large choice of homes 
that are on the market and there's a small percentage of homes that are selling. And in fact, last month, about 14% of the inventory that was on the market sold. When we're in seller's markets, that number will be 50% or more. So we're definitely solidly and have been for the last five years in a buyer's market. So chances are, unless it's a multiple offer situation, that the buyer's going to have some room to move. A well-listed property here in Edmonton should sell for around 97% of list price, give or take. So those are some good numbers to use. Again, before we make the offer, we want to be comfortable in knowing if the value of that property is worth what the seller is asking. After that offer is negotiated, and it typically goes back and forth about three or four times these days, mm -hmm. with each of the buyer and seller touching the offer a few times, then it'll be known as pending. So once we get to a price and a set of terms and conditions that everybody finds acceptable, that pending offer is... Um, usually in that pending state for about two weeks. So what happens in that two weeks? Well, first and foremost, the bank that pre-qualified that particular buyer will now have to provide formal approval of the mortgage. I said earlier that um, one of the things that we like to get from our mortgage specialists is a letter showing that that buyer is pre-qualified and we usually send that letter to the seller with the offer showing that, yes, one of our conditions is subject to financing because um, because so many people are getting turned down for financing these days. It's nice to have this letter to show the seller that we've already taken an extra step ahead of time and that financing shouldn't be a problem. Now, we always say pre-qualified, never pre-approved because nobody is 100% approved for the property until all the documents are in, including the documents for that particular property. So just because you paid $400,000 for a home, if the bank doesn't feel it's necessarily worth that much, they won't loan on that property, if that makes sense. Yep. So if, if the bank went and determined that the value of the property is only 350000 then they were not going to approve the mortgage for the $400,000 purchase price. Typically, once the financing is approved, the next step for that buyer will be to do a home inspection. Okay. A home inspection for a house is about $500 and two and a half to three hours long, depending on the size of the house. And that home inspector is going to look at a whole bunch of the things that the buyer and the real estate agent typically don't look at when they're looking at homes. They're gonna, he's going to show you where the water shutoff is. And he's going to check the furnace and take it apart and make sure it's functioning properly. He's going to look up in the attic. He's going to look for evidence of moisture and or foundation um, damage or, or cracking. Um, he's going to provide a report. I say he, that's so sexist, isn't it, Bryn? But I, I literally don't know any female home inspectors. Well, you're just you're going by what you're working with every day. Yeah, every yeah. Week. So I, I the home it. inspector, whether it be he or she, but, but again, <laughs> I would love to meet a female home inspector. I haven't met one yet in, in 22 years. But uh, the home inspector will provide this report to the buyer. I make a promise to all of our buyers, even on a brand new home, he is going to find something wrong with that property. That's his job. It will be a question of whether that's an acceptable um, thing that's wrong. And what we're looking for is surprises. If that home has cracking in the foundation, if there's a problem with the heat exchanger inside the furnace, those are the kinds of things that we, we want him to 
definitely point out. Though I'm sure that there'll be small issues, whether it be plumbing or electrical, and those things can typically be repaired prior to possession by the seller, depending on um, just how much needs to be repaired. If it's a condominium, there's one more step. That would be step seven, and that's the review of the condo documents. And those documents will include the amount that's in the reserve fund, the management agreement, a list of the bylaws, uh, of the condominium association and um, the buyer will typically have three to five days to go over those documents. If you're not comfortable reading all those documents, then you can hire somebody to actually read them for you and break it down and give you a synopsis of those documents to tell you if that condominium association is in good shape. What we're typically looking for there in those documents is to make sure that there's enough money in the reserve fund and there's something called a reserve fund study report, for example, that will actually show you um, how much money is in the reserve fund and will there be enough money to repair the items that need repairing in 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So it will have a, a pretty good list whether or not um, this building is going to require more money. So one of the things that you might hear from your friends is special levy. And what that is, uh, or special assessment, when each unit in a condominium corporation has to pay money to the condominium corporation to get work done, whether it be for parkade or windows or roof or parking lots. Um, and those can be anywhere from $5,000 to $100,000. And you don't want that kind of surprise move into a building and a year later get a gigantic bill in the mail because that condominium association is broke. I, I got to ask because it's an exciting time for a lot of people when they're buying that new home, but what what scares people out of this whole process? I, it sounds like there's a lot there, but that's also why they come to you. Yeah, and, and so owning a home, uh, there's never going to be any guarantee, whether it be a house or a condominium, as far as upcoming things, things will go wrong. I mean, that's just uh, life and, and nature that... The life expectancy of, of a furnace is, is about 20 to 25 years. Same with shingles on a roof. Uh, life expectancy of a hot water tank is only 8 to 12 years. So you know that you're going to have to put money back into your house. So I think it's always nice to be prepared for that in advance. Uh, I usually suggest to our clients that they should be putting 1% to 2% of the value of their house back into it each year to upkeep and maintain the value of their home, that they should be spending money back in that home. Now, that doesn't mean if you've got a $400,000 house that you automatically spend $4,000 every year on that house, but you should be at least saving that $4,000 towards the rainy day or towards a future project when your windows or your shingles need replacing or when that furnace might die on a cold winter night in January here in Edmonton. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you also talked about the fact that the process takes time. Is that the biggest struggle for a lot of people is that they have to recognize that you just aren't going to wave a magic wand here, that there's a process to go through? Of course. Yeah. And, and so I did hint that uh, it was taking longer these days for everything. Um, and it, it, it seems frustrating for a lot of those buyers who've purchased more than one home that the last time they did this, their house sold faster. The last time that they purchased a house, it went way quicker. They got their financing faster. Um, it, things have actually slowed down, which is, is unusual for these, these times uh, with the technology we have in place. But to purchase the property, uh, it will take uh, uh, anywhere from a few weeks to a few months process. 
Once you're satisfied with your conditions, the, we remove those conditions and the sold sign goes up. Nice. So, so the, the status of that property goes from pending to sold. What does that mean for the buyer? Well, it means that your deposit typically anywhere from five to $50,000 now becomes non-refundable. That is your guarantee to the seller that you're going to be there on possession date with the money. And that if you change your mind and decide not to purchase that property on possession date, not only will you forfeit your deposit, you'll actually be um, able to be sued by the seller for breaking that contract. Because that's what we wrote up. We wrote out a, a binding contract between the buyer and the seller. Uh, next, you get to meet a lawyer. If you haven't don't have one, one can be provided for you, <laughs> as they say. So we've got a list of lawyers that we recommend, and there's some incredible lawyers. So what does that lawyer do? Well, if you're getting a mortgage from the bank, the lawyer actually does up the paperwork for that mortgage, and you sign it with him. And he also registers the title. So we have a land title system here in Alberta that he makes sure that he puts the buyer's name on the property and it then becomes legally yours on possession date. Here in Alberta, possessions happen at noon on possession date. So on the morning of possession, the buyer's lawyer sends the money to the seller's lawyer. Once the seller's lawyer has the money, he calls and says, I've got the money, keys are released. And the buyer can start moving in that day. Wow. So that's the steps. Ooh. It's relatively easy, but there is some things that we like to help out with along the way. Bryn, did you have any questions? Well, you you just done such an unbelievable job of summing everything up. And the other thing, too, doesn't matter how many questions I might have, people can track you down. Let's of tell course. people how they can get a hold of you. You can reach our team directly at 780-464-0075, or you can find us online at macintoshgroup.ca. We're never too busy for your referrals and never too busy for your questions. Beautifully summed up, ready, set, buy, and getting ready for that home buying process. It's a weekly podcast that we do. It's a lot of fun. It's just sold with Brent McIntosh, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Bryn. See you soon. All right. 